from watching your mates battle it out on fight night to enjoying the many guest speakers welcomed at toppings the st andrews event schedule is shaping up to be jam-packed in 2023 with limited time choices will have to be made to aid you in these decisions the saint events team have rounded up some of their favorites along with some advice about what makes a good event from the saint i'm isabel lapshire this week on saint speaks st andrews events in 2023 what to look forward to Events editor for The Saint joins us today to discuss her top picks for all that St Andrews has to offer in terms of music, art and culture. Hi Harriet. Hello. So Harriet, you've been um, reviewing events for The Saint for over a year. What do you think have been the main highlights of 2022? Okay, so I think um, it's always difficult to answer a question like that when um, obviously it's so much of it comes down to personal opinion. Um, but I think obviously in the past year we've had kind of the return of the normal St Andrews events calendar. A lot of stuff has come back for the first time um, since the pandemic and a lot of it seems to have come back in quite a big way. Um, I think for me some of the highlights have been um, I really enjoyed some of the fashion shows last year. So uh, FS was a really good show. I thought um, Sitara was a really good show. I have been to a couple of the reeling balls. They're always um, known for their kind of value for money and um, their kind of attention to detail. Um, and yeah, and then some of the smaller events as well. So um, things like some of the um, smaller societies doing things like cooking classes, they're always good to attend. Um, some some of the smaller DJ kind of events, some of the stuff that um, Dance Worm have done recently has been really cool. Um, yeah, so there's there's a whole range, but those would be some of my personal highlights. And obviously you guys send out reviewers to a whole range of, of different events throughout the year. Mm-hmm. When you send out reviewers, what are they specifically looking for? So again, so we send, obviously we, we recognise that all of our reviewers kind of have different interests. And they all go to a range of events, not necessarily that that match their interests. So it's really important that they're trying to be kind of objective. So the number one thing that we're looking for is just it. It sounds vague, but it's <laughs> overall vibe. So <laughs> if you know the music is really good, or if um, they've there's been a lot of um, attention to detail in terms of the way the room is dressed, and if everyone seems to be having a good time, general people who are there, that's more important than whether like an individual reporter has a good time or not. So um, that's our kind of number one most important thing. And then we tell our writers to look for um, kind of three specific things that would be standout. So whether that's music, if it's a kind of um, music event, or whether that's performance if it's kind of a more cultural thing like a play how important would you say sort of the practical elements are like you can have a great vision for an event but if certain things do very smoothly does yeah. that end up detracting from the overall efforts yeah i think that that's really important for kind of all events whatever they are um 
I think that the the attention to detail in terms of the things like the logistics is really, really important and actually has the ability to, to ruin a really otherwise really smooth event. So something like uh, Starfields at the beginning of the semester was amazing in, in terms of its production values, in terms of its... Um, like the the actual show that they put on the music and the the talent that they brought into town but there there was a lot of complaints about the length of time that it took to get a drink or the length of time that it got, took to get in that's quite common with things like the bulls and the buses these are kind of common recurring um complaints that you hear and it is what the lasting impression of the night ends up being if you spend an hour in the cold in the queue for the bus that's what you'll be more likely to remember than the hour that you spent on the dance floor. Absolutely. And what are the, um, the like, specific challenges do you think that sort of come out of trying to host events for, well, a good few thousand students, but in a really small town where there's not that much space, that much venue space, and all those sort of practical issues that come along with that? Yeah, I think that that is the, the main one is, is the venues actually in town are not big enough to host some of these big events. Which, which means that um, things like Welly Ball or the May Ball and stuff like that, it's all taken outside of town. And then that creates the issue of transport. Um, and that, I would say, is the number one issue. I know um, there's problems with security as well. Sometimes I know that um, Welly Ball had issues with that this year. And then also, um, I think queuing for the bar is the other thing. And particularly when drinks end up being quite expensive at these events, and that is to cover things like transport costs. It also drives um, ticket prices up. And on, on that note, I mean, that links into the entire question of, sort of accessibility. Yeah. Do you think that massively impacts sort of the value of an event when it's advertised as something or it's very expensive and therefore that sort of feeds into an idea that it's going to be amazing? Yeah. And that you have these high expectations that they need to be reached if the ticket prices are so high. I think so. I think that the main people um, thing that people are looking for is value for money at the end of the day. I think uh, it doesn't really matter what uh, that is in terms of what the actual experience is. But if people feel that they've got their money's worth, then they will feel like an event is worth going to again. So if an event is priced at £90 and you spend an hour waiting for a bus or you spend, you know, you have to then go and spend more money on drinks when you're actually at the event, regardless of why those ticket prices are so high. You know, I know that charity plays into it a lot. I know that transport costs and um, kind of venue costs and things like that play into it a lot. But people won't feel like that they've got their value for money and they ultimately probably won't go back again. And this is an interesting point to touch on is the notion of charity. So a lot of yeah. these events are put on in the name of charity. Do you think that justifies um, higher ticket prices or do you think it's just as justifiable if people are making profit off the events or do you think it sort of changes? I think it changes it slightly. I think if, if something is a charity event and it's very transparent about what, uh, where your how much of your ticket price goes to charity and why that ticket price is kind of justified that makes it quite different and people will be more willing to spend money and do you think that those charity events are transparent about that or do you think more could be done i think that probably more could be done i think that it's not easy to find the information on where exactly your ticket price is going i know uh there's been some events in the past and 
some that are coming up actually this semester that uh ticket prices are kind of um people sign up for tickets before finding out how much money they are spending um and then it is not quite made clear to them where that money is going and how much of that ticket prices ends up in the pocket of charities rather than on other things and there are other considerations to be made but um, I think transparency is really key when it comes to Do you think there's a reason why uh, why, char why charity events are not super transparent about their ticket prices? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think you'd have to speak to them. I think it would be interesting, very interesting, to speak to some of these um, committees and and ask them why, because I think if you're not being transparent, that just fosters kind of rumours and speculation, so. And moving on to uh, to events that are very much for students' personal profits. Yes. Do you, what do you think about that? Again, I think, I think it's valid to be running events. Um, you know, there's a need in this town for events to be run. There's not stuff, I mean, if we had kind of a big club that people regularly went to, that none of that money would be going to charity, that would be run for profit. So I think it's completely valid to be uh, running things for profit, but I think again transparency is key and making sure that kind of attendees know because I think there is an assumption a lot of the time that these events are charity events and you know when some of them aren't, um, I think that's important for, for people to be aware of. And obviously we have all of these really big events that are sort of key events throughout the semester, but is there anything on a day-to-day -day basis or like a weekly basis that you wish there was more of? I think uh, we were actually having this conversation as an as an event writing team yesterday. Um, there's not a huge amount of live music in this town, where but there is a lot of. I, there's more with with the emergence of kind of jazz works and the sound of Sandy's does quite a lot, but there is a lot of student talent when it comes to to music and there's a lot of interest. A lot of people in the town are quite culturally aware and really interested in in going to live music gigs. But there doesn't seem to be an effort by, for example, made by the union, whereas other kind of student unions I know across the country do bring in kind of live bands and uh, live music acts. So there could be more of that for sure. Yeah, I think that would probably definitely be something to pay for. Yeah. To sort of just mix it up a bit. Yeah, and div diversify kind of the, the daily calendar or the week. So as we've already said, there aren't that many choices. Yeah. It seems that the Grash Rugby Club is pretty obvious. We'd have to do that again. <laughs> 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 it's a really good time. <laughs> 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 it's a good question. I, I won't laugh, sorry. You, you can laugh, but... <laughs> <laughs> Discuss the limitations of the fact that comes, there's not that many venues to choose from in town. Obviously, yeah. we've seen the rise of the Madras Rugby Club is yeah. the place to be. <laughs> but um, what would you give advice to people who are looking to host these smaller events in town? I think being creative is the main thing. I think the thing that Silo have done is it's a very innovative kind of use of space. They've said. What, oh no, it's not silo, it's behave, isn't it? And they put on the silo event. I mean, that is um, the kind of definition of thinking outside the box and being understanding that, you know, we're in a small town, we're not in a city. 
where can we have a rave what about a silo it's a very like uh kind of innovative solution um i think yeah make making use of what we've got i mean we've got i think um the stuff that the on the rocks festival does on the beaches they house quite a lot of stuff on the beaches which is cool um which is kind of the cult arts and culture festival that um is happening later this semester um and yeah just kind of using the space that we have and we do you can make a really cool venue out of somewhere um that's not necessarily uh looks the same as most you know, your traditional nightclub or something like that a year in international means year events and yeah. it seems like there's lots that's going to be packed into the events calendar from here until about June. Yeah. So we've got a few categories and we were just wondering maybe you could take us through your top hits for what's going to be the exciting fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. So first of all, kind of we come to this semester, we come to fashion show season, which is a very, I think, uniquely St Andrews kind of phenomenon. Um, so we have, I think, We've got FS, you have Don't Walk, um, you have VS. Um, my personal favourites, I think, are Sitara and Ubuntu because they have a very clear kind of vision and clear themes. Um, and then there's also Catwalk. So you've got a lot of um, the kind of charity fashion shows coming up, which are a very unique night out, um, very interesting um really good kind of bit of culture there as well and um, why do you think it's become such a hub for fashion shows yeah i think i don't know you know we were we were discussing this again yesterday and i think it's a very kind of it's a slightly rogue one but i think it's um it's quite a cool interesting thing to say that you go to this university where a lot of fashion shows suddenly happen um at this time of year i don't know is the honest answer of why. And when it comes to the fashion shows, how important do you think sort of the creative, the creative aspect is versus like the production value of the whole event? Um, for me personally, the creative aspect is, is very important. And I think for a lot of these fashion shows, for the, the committees that create, they're people who are very into fashion. They're people who know their stuff. And the creative aspect is kind of put, like put first and foremost. Which I think is important because at the end of the day, a fashion show is kind of a cultural um, production. Um, and then the the kind of production values and the venue and kind of the staging and everything follows. And for the those models as well, obviously, that is um, a very important that they're um, doing that well. And what do you think is the best sport for us to look forward to? Um, so this semester we have the Kate Kennedy Mabel and then you have... Uh, the Calsock are doing their white tie ball, and then you have all of the hall balls as well. Um, personally, and this is a very, very rogue take, I went to quite a few of these balls last year. The hall balls? Uh, yeah, and I, my favourite one, and this was absolutely due to who I was with, but my favourite one was the ABH ball, which I didn't, I wasn't in ABH, um, but it just goes to show that you can take quite a small event and it's really cheap, good value, um they had an ABBA tribute act which is something that always goes well down well in this town and I thought that was really good I think that I got better value for money there than I did at some of the larger balls where um I know maybe there was a lot of kind of qualms about rights and things like that so there are some events that take place every week out of the yeah. weeklies what would you recommend 
Um, we did a, a feature on Blind Mirth in one of our last issues, and I think that they're really on the rise. And it's just actually just a good evening. On a Monday evening, they do kind of improv, improv comedy. Um, and if you want to laugh, you want to drink, it's a brilliant place to go. So I think out of kind of stuff that happens on a regular basis, that's one of the best. Um, again... I don't think Sound of Sandys happens regularly, but actually some of the stuff they've done more recently has been really good in terms of bringing live music and giving kind of student bands an opportunity to perform. Um, and they definitely kind of hold the um, monopoly on that kind of niche. Um, so those things. And why broadening it out a little bit from St Andrews, but yeah. what would you recommend as the best intellectual, cultural things to do with events that are going to be coming up? So, um, in terms of intellectual stuff, there is obviously the 1984 Society and the Debate Society, they put on stuff, um, which is really good. But um, toppings do a lot in terms of bringing up speakers, which um, is really, really interesting um, if you're into your literature. And then outside of St Andrews as well, um, you, you need only kind of to look to Dundee. I know there's an event happening in Dundee. I think it's next week. Um, there's kind of a book club in Dundee that runs um, uh, more cultural events as well. They're doing a Joni Mitchell listening evening, um, I think, at the V&A in Dundee. Um, and things as well, like one-off events that societies put on. So I know the Hispanic Society is doing a fiesta at the Wardlaw Museum, which is just so um, kind of one-off, a bit rogue, but... You know, you get some kind of different music, you're in a different venue. I think that's a really kind of innovative, uh, creative kind of thing. And I think that takes us on to our last category, which is what do you think is the most underrated event? I'm a big advocate for kind of these smaller events. Um, I think there's um, a lot that small societies do uh, and they, they pour all of their energies into um, and they'll put on a ball or they'll put on... Like, for example, the um, Galentine's Ball that's coming up with the, um, I think it's a collab between FemSoc and uh, Empower Her. Um, and that's like, they pull all their energies into it and it ends up being a really good night. So I don't know if I've given you kind of a definitive answer of most underrated, but I think what is, what passes a lot of people by are these smaller events. And how can people find out about these events? Well, read the same. And you've got every issue we have our top five events of kind of things that are coming up. That's number one right way. Um, Facebook, everything's on Facebook. So looking there um, as well and just making sure that you're following kind of all the social media for these kinds of societies. Um, these sort of societies. And I'm sure always anything they're interested in. Always. Something to go to. Yeah. I'm a matchmaker for events, if you will. <laughs> so, so Harriet, just finally, yeah. you yourself, what are you most looking forward to? This semester. This semester. This semester, I am looking forward to... I'm looking forward to some of the fashion shows. Um, I'm looking forward to Sitara. I think that's a really good fashion show, and I'm looking forward to going that, to that again. I'm looking forward to doing some stuff in Dundee and seeing what's what's out there in terms of um, cinema as well as an obvious thing in Dundee. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to um, just seeing what kind of crops up on a, on a weekly basis, going where the night takes me. <laughs>
Well, that sounds amazing. It sounds like you've got so much to look forward to. Thank you very much, Harriet. Thanks so much, Sue. Thank you. Bye. Thank you to Harriet. To keep up with all the events of 2023, make sure to keep an... Oh, sorry. Let me do it again. Thank you to Harriet. To keep up with all the events in 2023, make sure to keep an eye on the events section of The Saint. To read past reviews, simply visit The Saint's website, www.thesaint.scot. Stop. And then I was going to do like a little bit... You may have already heard his name mentioned at the end of each episode, but I'm delighted to announce that from next week, you'll be joined by a new presenter, Will. From now on, we'll be collaborating to bring you all the best of St Andrews' stories. That's it for today. This episode was produced and edited by William Finlater. We'll be back next week.